welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. Well, I have something that I think will really change our lives tonight. I, I did some seeking, I did some praying, and actually, I'll, I'll tell you exactly how this happened. When I get ready for services, I usually just walk the floor and pray in tongues with an empty notebook. Just set it right there. I, I don't like to get into study immediately. I like to get into prayer and then see what comes out of prayer, and that's what I'll study. And I was praying in tongues, and I always am open to the interpretation of tongues, whether it's immediate or four months later. Um, and a lot of my sermons are the interpretation of tongues that I've prayed out in years gone by. I pray in tongues a lot. And I know a lot of people think, man, he did some great studying. No, most of it, I, I hardly ever get to my notes, to be honest with you. And the notes are amazing. <laughs> but um, yeah, Holy Ghost all the way. So um, I was praying in the Spirit and this started to bubble on the inside of me and started to float up. And I realized the Lord wanted us to talk for a while about love is the answer to so many questions, so many problems, so many hurts, so many bondages. The answer is looking more at God's love to us and walking in a higher degree of love toward other people. Love is as powerful as it gets. I got to thinking, why has God never failed at anything? Why is he 100% successful? Why has he never made a mistake? Why is he almighty and on top? I wonder if it has anything to do with God is love. You know why he wants us to walk in love and grow and develop in love? Because he knows firsthand that's how you get to the top. That's how you win in everything. That's how you never fail. And when he tells us to walk in love, he's not telling us to do something that we should do. He's teaching us how to be successful like he's successful. He's teaching us how to never fail like he never fails. We say, oh, love is a commandment. Love is a commandment because it's too important to God that we don't get this. He is not satisfied with us getting less than what he gets. He's not satisfied with being less success, successful than he is. What father would be? And so when you think about the commandment of love, you need to realize it's an expression of his great love for us because he wants us to be on top like he's on top. And I'm not saying we're going to be God, capital G, but on top of your circumstances, on top of your situations, on top in this world. Never, you know, the Bible says if we follow the Lord, we're going to be above only and not beneath, head and not the tail. I like that. I like that. Above only and not beneath. I guess so you could, could go ahead and say, you know what? I'll never have another down day in my life because I'm above only and not beneath. I know Norval Hayes freaks, freaks a lot of people out when he said this. And then I started saying after I heard him say it, he stood up one day and said, you know what? I don't have any more sad days. I thought, that's a new concept. <laughs> I thought, what, are you, what well are you drinking from? Because I have sad days about every third Thursday. <laughs> Sometimes every other Tuesday. Or, and I thought, well, when he said that, the Spirit of God told me right here, that's coming from heaven. That was a word from heaven. And you, John, son, don't have to have any more sad days either. Temptations will come. 
few hours may not be the best that you would like, but I'm telling you, we can get to the place where we don't have any more sad days. And one of the number one ways is to grow in love. Love is the answer. So I was thinking about Todd Rundgren, and actually he's a, he's a writer on this song. I don't think he's the only writer. I don't know if it was Hall and Oates or, Hall and Oates or whoever, but um, a song called Love is the Answer. And I heard Todd Rundgren say, sing it. And I looked at the credits and he was a, one of the writers on that song and he actually performed that song. And um, before we even go to that, though, go with me to First um, John chapter 4. And I'm going to read you just a, a couple of those lyrics out of that song. And I know a lot of you probably heard that song. But um, I wanted to go to First John chapter 4. And I want to go to verse 16. We're talking about love is the answer. Because really, if we only grow in faith and we don't, understand love and we're not developing in love when we're violating love left and right no matter how much faith, we can have enough faith to move mountains and it said it wouldn't profit us anything if we don't walk in love or we, our motive is not love for using our faith and so I want to I want to be more successful anybody got any more room in their life for more success anybody want to go any higher in anything increase ability to bless others health Peace, joy, yes. wisdom, strength. Anybody got room for any higher level, anything? Well, this is one of the reasons the Lord's quickened us to look at this. Verse 16, John, by the Holy Spirit, said, And we have known and believed. This is two things. Knowing is not believing, and believing is not knowing. Notice, we have known and believed. In other words, we don't just know this, we're leaning on this with our entire life. When battles come, when pressure comes, we don't just know something when the storm hits, we're leaning on something when the storm hits. Notice what? We have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that lives in love lives in God. How much sickness can get to God? Somebody tell me, do you think God can get a cold? Think he could develop a cancer or a tumor? Well, of course not. His very nature repels it. Well, if we're in him, how could it get to us? See, I know this is, this is a major answer to many questions in people's minds today, why didn't my faith work? Why didn't this happen? Why didn't my confessing scriptures work like I wanted it to? And the sad thing about this is when people don't get results, they leave what the Bible says gets results. Did you ever think about not throwing something away but maybe adding to it? I mean, I know people personally, I have people close to me personally who have left this message of we walk by faith, not by sight. They've left it. And the reason they did is because they didn't get the results 
that they heard preached from the pulpit or that they read themselves in the Bible and they just decided, you know what, that faith stuff doesn't work. That's just not true. They must be interpreting it wrongly. But you, you don't throw away a good ingredient. You may add something else to it, but you don't get rid of something the Bible says works. The Bible says, well, all things are possible to him that believes. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. You don't leave that. You may add something to that, but you don't leave faith. That's ridiculous. Well, it didn't work, so I guess I'll go find something else. If you don't have all the ingredients and you do find something else, that's not going to work properly either. Actually, there's a scripture in 1 Peter, I believe it's 1 Peter, that says, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, Temperance and to temperance, self-control. And it, the list goes on. So he didn't say faith was everything. And he didn't say if faith doesn't work, leave it and go to something else. He said, definitely hold on to your faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You can't even get saved without faith. Hold on to faith, grow in faith, develop in faith, but add to your faith. Everybody say add to. Add to. Don't throw don't throw away. I hope I didn't inhale them off. <clears throat> Somebody the other day called them Millers. I said, I see you got all those moths out of here. And they said, what? I said, the moths. They said, what? Oh, oh, the Millers. I guess it depends where you're from in the country. So I call them Miller moths. <laughs> so 1 John tells us right here, that God is love. He has power. He has wisdom. But he is love. And he's nothing so much as he is love. You know, God is light. Now, now think about this. How successful is our Father God? Can I just tell you one thing? One day he said, light be. And light came on the scene at 186,000 miles a second and it hasn't stopped yet. That's pretty successful, yeah. right? He created the entire universe in six days. Is that amazing or what? Well, how many think he's never made a mistake, never told a lie, never failed to help somebody who was open to his help? You know why? One main reason is He's love. And love never fails. So let me just read you those lyrics to that song real quick that uh, Todd Rundgren sang. Uh, he's, he's the guy that also sang that song, Hello, It's Me, and uh, some of those other songs you might have recognized. But this is like a, I don't know, kind of a second bridge or something to the song. And I love it because it just, you can tell it was coming from their heart. I mean, you could tell whoever wrote the song was, wrote it from some kind of experience that they had gone through. And it goes like this. When you feel afraid, love one another. When you've lost your way, love one another. When you're all alone, love one another. When you're far from home, love one another. When you're down and out, love one another. When your hopes run out, love one another. When you need a friend, love one another. When you're near the end, love one another. We've got to love one another. Light of the world, shine on me. 
Love is the answer. That's the rest, some more of the song there. Is, and when I heard that, I mean, that, that, I knew that song for a long time, even before I was saved, but it never really meant a lot to me until I got saved and realized, now, wait a second, what's he talking about? He's talking about the love of God. Yielding to the love of God in our heart and walking in love even when it looks like it's over. We're not going to make it. Life's too hard. Actually, when we hand it out and made available, and they're still available on the internet and administration, the form that the Lord quickened us to give out to every member in our church, it says, are you struggling at the top? We listed about six or seven things there, wondering if people are struggling with them. We put other at the bottom, and people have been turning them in. Do you know the number one thing people are struggling with, according to this are you struggling form, is unclear purpose. And I was thinking, now wait a second, now why would that be, Lord? And I felt like the Spirit of God quickened me, even with this message, to tell you if you have been struggling with an unclear purpose. And, and a lot of times the same people that said that, they're also struggling with depression because I think they go together. But did you know your purpose in life has more to do with how you live your life than the performance that you're giving in life? And I think this is one of the reasons people are messed up in this area and have unclear purpose and they feel sad is because they're thinking, if I don't do what so-and-so did, if I don't do at least as good as my dad or my mom, or I'm just not fulfilling my purpose. Listen closely. I believe the Spirit of God gave this to me. Us fulfilling our purpose has more to do with how we're living than what we're doing while we're living. How we're living. How are we treating people? How are we, you know, how are we working on the job? Why? What's our motive? What, what's, what's motivating us to even do what we're doing? I know we taught a series not too long ago. It wasn't a real long series, but we talked about what are you doing here, which we were clarifying what our purpose is. And we found out from Revelation, the book of Revelation, that the whole reason we're here is because God was pleased to make us. He was pleased to have a family. If that's all you got, you should overcome Depression and unclear purpose. I'm here because God wants me here and he's pleased with me. Yeah. Mistakes and all. Or he wouldn't, it says in the book of Revelation, he, all things are created for his pleasure. And he's pleased that you're here. Without any more performance, without any more brownie points, without any more doing good, he's pleased that you're here. And that should boost you right there into, I've got a purpose. I'm here to please God. My inhale just please God. My exhale just please God. He wanted you here, and he's pleased that you are here. And then, of course, you'll get into doing, and you'll get into things he wants you to do, but it's all wrapped up in he wanted you here. And I think, you know, I, I, this phrase came to me as I was studying this, that love brings life into focus. It's like focusing binoculars or a camera. It's like when you realize you're here because of love, he loved you, and now you're here to love others, it's like it, it makes life understandable. You may not have the career, your dreams of being an astronaut may not have happened, or brain surgeon, or whatever, may not have happened, but you, that, that, that can't define you. Your looks aren't supposed to define you. Your achievements aren't supposed to define you, because looks change and achievements, somebody's going to do better than you. As soon as you win the gold, somebody's going to run faster than you. So if everything in your life is wrapped up in you achieving this or you looking like that, I have news for you. Facelifts can only go so far. <laughs> now, I will say Cher's looking pretty good. <laughs> she's, she's looking pretty good, but I'm telling you, there's coming a day, there's going to be no more skin to stretch. 
<laughs> Are you listening to me? And what happens if all your self-esteem is wrapped up in that? You're in trouble. Our esteem is wrapped up in God loves us, we love Him, and we're going to love other people. I've seen people that they, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't even be close to runner-up for Miss America or Mr. Universe or whatever, but their personalities were so cool that I just was attracted to them. I just like, man, I want to be like you. You know, extra, 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 extra large nose and all. I mean, I want to be like you. You are amazing. Their personality like overwhelmed their physical. And you know, that's where love comes in. Really, fulfillment comes with how you live your life, not just what you're achieving and what your performance and what you're doing. And this is what I believe the Lord wants us to realize. If we will decide in our hearts to develop in love, on purpose, to grow in love, to study love, to look to God for more ways to be loving like He is toward us, I'm telling you, things in our life are going to shape up. Things are going to start to appear that we don't even have to pray for anymore. Good stuff. Powerful stuff. Something about love that attracts good success. You don't even have to go after it. It comes after you. And so I wanted to do this. Um, if you're taking notes, I, I'd like you to take this down. Or if you have a really good memory, please put this in the part of your memory that you remember it when you go home. Um, I'd like to ask everybody that considers themselves a member of Faith Heights Church, um, if you're a visitor, of course, you can jump in here with us. We, we consider you part of our family if you uh, come one time. <laughs> um, but I would like to add to our daily devotions, Monday through Friday, we read a chapter a day. We read Psalm 18 today. Wasn't that amazing? Oh. But... We're reading a chapter a day, Monday through Friday, and you can find out where we're at on the internet, faithheights.org, or you can get a, a bookmark out there, I think in the, the meet and greet area, or the information center under the stairs. Um, but I would like us to add to our Bible reading a day to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 every day, Monday through Friday, for one month. So um, October 23rd will be the last day, but if we'll start tonight, or if you start tomorrow, then October 23rd, Fourth would be the last day. But for 30 days, approximately, let's, let's read 1 Corinthians 13. Read it slow. Read it out loud. And maybe just my, my thoughts to you is when you get done with it, go back to verse 4 through 8 and read it first person. You know where it says, love suffers long and is kind? I suffer long. I am kind. And then, you know, I am not touchy. I would encourage you to read it out of different translations if you want. You know, I, I like reading out of the Young's literal translation. I like the King James. I like the Amplified Bible. I've got 30 translations at least of 1 Corinthians 13 in a book that I found in a, a secondhand bookstore by Charles L. Allen called The Miracle of Love. In the back it has 31 translations of 1 Corinthians 13. Modern translations, King James, all that. <coughs> even, even the English hex, hexapla, <laughs> which I can hardly understand. But man, it's, it's a trip. But it, it's... It's so cool because it'll, it'll start stirring up the love of God that's already in you. And you'll be, your thoughts will be more in line with love. And then when you're out in your day doing whatever business you got to do, those thoughts of love are closer to the forefront than they were. And you're more likely to act in love than selfishness or more likely to act in love than anger or whatever may come your way. 
And, and I, I encourage you, so y'all want to do that with me? I'm going to start, and we're going to read for one month, Monday through Friday, 1 Corinthians 13, along with our Bible chapter reading of the day, which tomorrow is Psalm 19. And then um, I believe in one month we'll be changed. Another thing I'd like to do is if you put up on the screen Ephesians chapter 3, and I want you to, we're going to pray a prayer for ourselves, and we might do this every time we speak on this, however long this is going to go. And we're going to pray. Now, the reason we can pray this prayer over and over because it's a prayer of spiritual development. We don't pray one prayer for spiritual development and bang, we're 100% there. Development takes time, and that's why some of these prayers are prayed over and over again. Other prayers we pray once, praise God from that moment forward, don't have to pray again because we've already found Scripture. But this is a development prayer. And so look here with me in verse 15. Now, verse 14, and I'm going to pray this as I read it now for all of us. And so, well, actually, why don't you um, pray it with me out loud? I'm reading out of the King James, so if you don't have the King James, you can look up on the screen and read it with me. But everywhere it says, you will put me. So let's say it together. For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. Now we're praying to the Father right now. You ready? Father, that you would grant us according to the riches of your glory to be strengthened with might by your Spirit in our inner man. Father, that Christ may dwell in our hearts by faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and height, and that we would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God. Say it's happening. It's happening. This is life-changing. This is absolutely life-changing. Now, I said during the offering... What do you think the devil is most interested in messing up in our life? Probably the number one thing that brings to life everything out else that God promised for our lives. We just found out in the, during the offering that giving to the poor, giving your body to be burned is for some sacrificial thing, uh, faith to move mountains, prophecy, speaking in tongues of men and angels. Zippo means zippo. If we're not, if we don't have love. So what do you think the devil's going to look for to knock out in your life, to mess up? Because see, he, he can't, he's not going to get our faith, right? I'm going to believe in Jesus to the very end. I don't care how hard it gets. He can't get my faith. So he's going to try to mess my faith up. And the way he messes our faith up from working like it should, you know, to receive healing and help and things from the Lord, is if he can get his violating love, the Bible says in Galatians 5, 6, Faith is activated by love. So if we have faith to move mountains, but we don't have love, we're nothing. The devil knows he can't take our faith. We're going to burn this to the end. I'm not denying Jesus. I don't care how hard it gets. So he can't get, the, can't get our faith. But maybe his next mode of operandi is to mess up our faith by messing up our love. Love is way more important. Kenneth Hagin, one of my spiritual father and Lord, he wrote a book about this thick entitled Love, The Way to Victory. 
that book is all marked up. I mean, I've, I've read it so many times. I actually, um, we're, we were having a love seminar a few well, quite a few years ago at the other building down on North Avenue, and we invited Pastor Dan Hooper and Pastor Dan Cox, who was the pastor of the vineyard at that time, and Pastor Hooper from Fellowship, and we had them preach and teach in our church during this love seminar, and um, it was really powerful. It was, it was a wonderful time, and then Pastor Hooper asked me to preach at his church um, like the following week or two weeks from then, and this is what I preached there. I, I preached love is the way to victory. You, it's so interesting to see how, how many scriptures are in the Bible that connect health with walking in love and collect, connect prosperity with walking in love. Yes, faith, definitely. You can't, you can't have love and no faith just like you can't have faith and no love. You need them both. And I just, there was, Kenneth Hagin gives testimony after testimony of people who were healed. They weren't healed after the best in the land prayed for him. They weren't healed after Kenneth Hagin prayed for him. They weren't healed after the best evangelist and prayed for him, but they were healed when they forgave somebody. We're talking cancers that were supposed to kill these people. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. Best in the land, Billy Graham, whoever. I mean, Oral Roberts got prayed for, nothing. But when they made an adjustment in their heart and decided to forgive somebody that hurt them and did them wrong, they were healed immediately. And they didn't even need prayer. They just needed to make that adjustment that was hindering their faith, and then they could receive, and everything was all right. Well, we're going to talk about love as the answer for a little while, so let's do this. Turn with me to John 13. We're going to see something Jesus said here. So, if God is 100% successful on top, almighty, never made a mistake, never been afraid, never been sick, never been at, with, broke. I wonder if him being love has anything to do with his perfect track record. Well, 1 Corinthians 13, 8 says, love never fails. And so if we're walking in love, the Bible says we're dwelling in God, in God in us. Well, if you're in God, and something comes against God, it has to get through Him to get to you. I thought it was interesting that John the Apostle, you know, the one who leaned on Jesus at the Last Supper, and he had a really good confession. He wrote about himself, you know, and said, the disciple, talking about himself, the disciple whom Jesus loved. <laughs> but that's a good confession. I don't know about y'all, but he loves me. <laughs> and he, he, all, he penned things from God that are just divine. I mean, if you read the book of John, the gospel of John, and the epistles of John, it's just love, 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 almost every other, other, other verse. I and mean, this guy knew something about the love of God. So simple, yet so powerful. And it's also interesting that he's the apostle that outlived all the other apostles. They tried to kill him. If you read church history, they tried to boil him in oil in a coliseum in front of a bunch of people for sport. And the oil didn't work. And they couldn't kill him. It was a miracle. They tried to boil him in oil in front of the whole coliseum and it said he just got out and he was fine. And it said, Almost everyone, if not everyone in the Colosseum, 
got born again that day. And then they tried to kill him many times, and they couldn't kill him. It's hard to kill somebody who's living in God, and God in them. Because they'd have to get through God to get to you, and God ain't going to die. Right? And so they finally said, I don't, we don't know what to do with this guy. He's like this old man, still getting visions and revelations for God. So they find an island to isolate him and get him on that island and say, you're just going to have to go to that island. He gets on this island, you know, Patmos, and he writes the book of Revelation. <laughs> you can't keep somebody down who's walking in love. And so that just shows us right there the power of love. I mean, Jesus, look what he said here in John 13. Uh, let's go ahead and look at verse 32, and we'll read through verse 35. This is Jesus talking. If you have your King James, it's red letters. Jesus said, If God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself, and shall straightway glorify Okay, next verse. Little children, yet a little while I'm with you. He's about to go to the cross. You shall seek me, and as I said unto the Jews, where I go, you cannot come, so now I say to you. Next verse. A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another. Now, now what, was, what was the old commandment? Love your neighbor as yourself. What's the new commandment? Love your neighbor like Jesus loved you. Not as you love yourself. We're one step up here. And the reason he's saying this is because if you're born again, you can do this. He gives you the potential to do it. So he said, a new commandment I give unto you. And again, the reason it's a commandment, because he just wants us like him, so we can be avoiding a bunch of unnecessary adversity, can be succeeding more than failing, right? I mean, he, the reason he's commanding this is because it's too important to God that we don't live like he lives. It's not because he's a God and we're his puppets. The reason he makes the commandment, because it's too important to God that we slip into some other low-level living where we're not successful like he is. Are you following, church? So he makes it a commandment because he loves us. He said, a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. Look at one of the things this will do in verse 35. Now notice, by this love, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love not toward those men that are going to know we're his disciples, if you have love toward each other. See, he says if we'll love each other like he loved us individually, it'll be the greatest witness to the world that Jesus is real, and they'll know that we're his. Now, if they're going to know we're his disciples, then they're going to acknowledge that Jesus is real. So one of the, and this is another reason the devil fights this so strong is because he wants us blowing our witness. I don't care how popular it gets to talk bad about people. I don't care how popular it gets to talk bad about government. I don't care how popular it gets to be offended and, and to be selfish. I don't care how popular it gets. We are going to love one another like he loved us, which includes not talking bad about people. A lot of violations or love are done with this thing right here. And it's the reason a lot of people, it's not well with them. And it's a reason a lot of them are not inheriting the full blessings of God in their life. Peter said, if you want to love life and see good days, 
pray another prayer. No. He said, if you want to love life and see good days, refrain. Whoa, Nelly Belly. Refrain your tongue from speaking evil and your lips that they speak no guile. What does it mean, refrain? It means if you're saying everything you feel like saying, you have an out of control life. Like a wild horse. Many times, violations of love are not refraining from saying something we just have to say. And this is where you see how mature you are and how strong you really are. We don't see how strong we are by lashing out with every muscle we have. We see how strong we are by restraining this power that could knock them out. Self-defense is a whole nother thing. We're talking about walking in love and we're talking about areas in our life that we know we can grow and develop in. So Jesus said, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples if you have love one for another. He didn't say if we love them out there, they're going to know we're his disciples. They, he said if we love each other in here, they're going to know we're his disciples. Who doesn't want to be a part of a family that's controlled by the love of God? Who doesn't want to? You know, that's why they join gangs. That's why kids join gangs. Some dysfunction in their family or something, something wasn't quite right probably or whatever. And, and they said, well, you know what? I'll go somewhere else. And they do. And they find a gang, people that, you know, will stand up for them. And I mean, I'm not promoting gangs, believe me. <laughs> they join the mafia or whatever. I don't promote that at all. But what I'm saying is if they don't find the family they're craving, they'll look somewhere else for it when they should have had it in their own home or well, our church is a family, right? I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. And I, I really believe the more we love each other, the more people are going to want to be in this church, and the more people are going to want to be a part of this family because that's what people are looking for. Now, I, I personally grew up without a dad, and what I do remember of my dad was not real good. And I missed some things. You know, it's real interesting. When you don't get love when you're growing up, you are at a major disadvantage in life. You will try to find what daddy was supposed to give you in wrong places. And you'll become addicted to things you shouldn't be addicted to. You'll become, uh, it, it's a hurtful thing. I mean, some people turn to you know, lust. Some people turn to drugs. Some people turn to another person they shouldn't be with. Some people turn to whatever, whatever it would be that you feel like, you know, you didn't get it when you were growing up, so, but I still have that hunger. If I didn't get it at home, it must be somewhere else. And this is where a lot of crimes are committed. This is where a lot of people are in prison because for one simple reason, they didn't have love when they were growing up. And here's the scripture, you ready? We love him or we love others because he first loved us. We love because something else happened first. Parents, I just, I, I encourage you just, man, if you haven't had kids and you're thinking about having kids or if somebody watching online, please, before you have kids, just make sure you're willing to lay your life down for your kids and to show them the love of God because it's going to be very inconvenient. It's going to cost you a lot and it's going to hurt and you're going to suffer. But please don't have kids until you're ready to make sure the atmosphere of your home is love. Love in the morning, love in the noontime, love when the sun goes down, right? Um, I want you to go to another scripture. Oh, man, what? 
That was quick. Um, I, I, I want to say I want to say this, and I'll let you go. We'll we'll, we'll do some more of this. We've got communion here. We want to receive communion, but um, I want to just say one more thing about this because this is really strong in my heart. And you'll, we'll find this out as we move ahead in these teachings. The greatest blessings from God will come into our lives after we're tempted to violate love and we don't. I've got personal testimonies in my life. I've heard testimonies from Mark Hankins and John Brevere. I guess there's something in the book on honor that our staff just read. But I want to say that again. The greatest blessings will come into your life after you're tempted to violate love and you don't violate love. God does not overlook such things. He will reward you. He will reward. A lot of people look at this time in their life where they're just totally ripped off, totally mistreated, and if I don't punch back, I won't get my way. A lot of people look at those times in our life as the worst times in our life, not realizing it could be the best time in your life if you just don't violate love and let love take care of it for you. See, we try to take care of all these things in our own power. Let love make it right. When we trust God, pull back, not demand our own way, restrain our tongue from speaking evil, restrain our fists from doing evil or whatever, you just, we just get God's attention. And you'll, you watch. Anything you lose in the process of walking in love, God will reward you multiple times more because of his great approval upon our walking in love. The Bible says love suffers. The very first thing it says love is love suffers long. It's going to cost you to walk in love. But God will reward you for it. Or, excuse me, let me put it this way. It's going to cost you to walk in love. God will pay you back. And he pays back with amazing dividends. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 